What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks about uh, hockey briefly, because there hasn't been that much that has happened since the last time we talked to you guys, and uh, everything else going on uh, with the Golden Knights. I am Ben Goats, of course, one of your Review Journal Golden Knights beat writers. Joining me on the other line is my colleague, David Shane. Dave? How's it going, man? How was your little holiday break that we got last week? Yeah, uh, a little bit relaxing, actually. I kind of needed it and kind of feel like the nights today all banged up and, and all that. But yeah, we'll fight through it. We're all right. Let's, you know, the nights can do it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about the nights uh, fighting through even more things since the last time we talked to you guys. It never ends. It never stops for this team. It's just absolutely wild uh, what is going on. Uh, this season, we have another key injury to talk about, uh, kind of some breaking news that has forced us to rearrange some things in this podcast. So we're flying by the seat of our pants a little bit, but it'll be good. It'll be exciting, hopefully. But before we dive into everything, I just want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge podcast is brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal. We are also presented by Blue Wire. Uh, please check all our written work out at reviewjournal.com. Uh, we'll be plugging some stuff during the show, but, you know, obviously, even though we took uh, a break and Dave and I tried to alternate days, we still had stuff in the paper for you guys basically every day. And obviously, we still have stuff coming out now that the Knights are practicing and playing games again. So uh, make sure to go to our website because that's what pays the bills. Uh, and of course, uh, if you guys could uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you do podcasts, please do this one. Uh, we would very much appreciate it. Uh, all right. So first of all, uh, hope everyone had a happy holidays and is looking forward to the new year. Uh, one gift that the Knights still do not have under the proverbial tree is health. Because uh, today they announced left wing Max Pacioretty had successful wrist surgery and is out indefinitely. Uh, as I'm sure people are already aware, Pacioretty uh, has already missed 17 games this season with a broken foot. And when he has been in the lineup, he has just been on fire. He has 12 goals and 21 points in 16 games. Um, but yet again, we are beginning what feels like the umpteenth podcast this season, talking about a injury to a key Golden Knights player. Dave, why can this team not have nice things? Yeah, it just does seem that way, huh? I don't know. Maybe it's like uh, karma for the first four years and like being super successful as an expansion franchise. Maybe like caught up with them. I don't know. But yeah, it is It is weird. Like, the, you know what? You know what I'm actually going to blame this on? So do you remember like three days into training camp? Pete DeBoer like made a comment about, you know, oh, we got through training camp healthy or, you know, it was like right before the games and he kind of. He kind of knocked on the, the podium a little bit. I like he that had to be the jinx. Like right there. You don't say you made it through training camp healthy when you're like three days into it. So I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just something in the universe like that 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 Pete DeBoer caused all all the cosmic tumblers to like misalign all the way back in September. Yeah, which would be uh nuts because as we'll get to later, uh, Pete DeBoer is caught up in all of this stuff too. So it's just absolutely uh, wild what's happening, uh, what's going on. And uh, the Pacioretty stuff, at least today, made for just a very weird day because uh, you had Alex Petrangelo and Evgeny Dadnoff come out of the COVID protocol. Uh, they were in the last time we recorded, but there was a kind of a, a change that allowed them to come back sooner than expected. So they're, you know, 
practiced uh, today, Thursday, as we're recording this, look ready to be go for the New Year's Eve game tomorrow, Friday, against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Nolan Patrick looks like he's going to play in his first game since October. Signs seem to be trending that way. Uh, but all of a sudden, you have the patch ready news coupled with uh, Mark Stone going on injured reserve. Uh, Robin Leonard missing another practice. Uh, it has just been crazy that uh, this team cannot string together positive off-field developments this year. It's always one step forward, one step uh, back. And they've obviously done very well on the ice despite that. Um, and I'll transition here because I know that was a major theme of a conversation you recently had with Nate's general manager, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, Dave, for a piece you wrote kind of during this holiday break. Um, so just what was he kind of saying on this team's ability to withstand adversity uh, throughout the season so far? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a hallmark, you know, maybe so far of this team. You know, I talked to him at the 32-game mark with exactly 50 left. And, you know, for anybody that read the story uh, at ReviewJournal.com and, you know, kind of saw, you know, some of the comments Kelly McCrimmon made, a lot of it was, you know, sort of Dickensian. Like he's, you know, a little bit of a tale of two seasons. He, he sort of viewed it as the injury portion, you know, of the season and – his goal, stated goal, at least to me, was that he wanted them to be 500 at the end of November, and they were actually three games over 500 at that point. So exceeded, you know, his expectations during during that injury time, um, you know. But but yeah, I think I, I think we've talked about this a lot, and and you know, one of the things I tried to get out with him was. You know, it opened up the door for a lot of younger guys to play. You know, Jonas Rongbeard, Jake LeCision especially got, you know, a number of games. I think they were in the teens uh, before the most recent recall, you know, during that stretch. And and one of the things that allowed them to do was see how close they are or maybe, you know, how comfortable they are with them being NHL ready. And, you know, we're going to talk about this at some point and, Obviously, the Max Pacioretty thing, and and I actually wouldn't mind going back because I think there's like so many layers, you know, to the Pacioretty thing, and we can talk about that, you know, here in a little bit. But you know, there there's some long term IR ramifications potentially, and all that. But you know, getting back to the younger players and Kelly McCrimmon was like, you know, look, there's there's this elephant in the room with Jack Eichel, and how are the Golden Knights going to handle this cap situation? And you know, one of the things that sort of seemed apparent from my conversation with them was that some of those younger guys are guys that they're, you know, close to comfortable with that, that maybe they feel like Jake LeCision can play, you know, NHL games. Maybe they feel like Jonas Rombeard can play NHL games. Maybe Paul Cotter, you know, there's another guy too that I asked about that we haven't seen yet. And that's Jack Dugan. And we would have seen him at the NHL level had he not just, you know, been unfortunate, you know, with the timing of his injuries early in the season and just didn't make him available, but he is now. And if something were to happen, you know, maybe he's a guy that, that becomes in the mix. And I, I kind of where I'm going with all of this is there, there's a lot of different ways that they're going to potentially solve this cap crunch with, with Jack Eichel once he's ready. And, you know, some of these younger guys, it, the patchy thing may have thrown a wrench into that, but some of these younger guys may have factored in, you know, to that scenario at least, you know, based on, you know, if I'm going to interpret and sort of read through the lines of what Kelly McCrimmon told me. 
Yeah, which is really interesting because obviously we saw Jake LeCision uh, play this past game because of some of the absences the Golden Knights have had. Now, it looks like based on practice today, he'll be coming out for Nolan Patrick. But, I mean, those are guys that they've been willing to call upon again when injuries hit. And then, yeah, in regards to the cap crunch, obviously, if Max Pacioretty, you know, now uh, probably likely goes on long-term injured reserve, uh, that's one potential avenue to resolving that camp crunch if he is to miss the rest of the regular season but we have no idea at this point in time whether that's a realistic possibility or not or whether that's kind of what the knights are are thinking or not it's a little bit too early to kind of speculate about that the knights you know initial uh you know announcement said the patchery would be out indefinitely but like i said he would need to be out all the way through the end of april at this point to kind of give the Knights a kind of cap, get out of jail free card. So still a lot of um, ground to cover there, but that leads me right into a follow-up question. I kind of had Dave is kind of talking to McCrimmon more than a month after it happened, just kind of what were his kind of updated thoughts on the Eichel trade and kind of the the timeline of his recovery and when he's potentially going to be around Las Vegas. Yeah. So what it is right now is he is rehabbing in North Carolina. And they'll continue to let him do that. And Kelly McCrimmon said after the new year in January, the Knights will pick a time and sit down with Jack Eichel and his camp, his medical folks, the surgeon uh, in Colorado who performed the procedure and and just, you know, make sure that everybody is on the same page, you know, going forward. And at some point in January after that, he will transfer, uh, you know, all of his rehabilitation to Las Vegas and, you know, integrate in with the Knights and sort of, you know, be around the team, be with the team. I, I, I don't think that means activated, certainly right away. Um, and I would emphasize this as well. You know, the one thing that I think, you know, Kelly McCrimmon made very clear is the contact part of Jack Eichel's recovery is going to be, one, the hardest to predict, you know, and then two, with that is the hardest to put a timeline on. And, and he sort of even warned me and said, you know, he's seen video, you know, of Jack Eichel skating, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And he looks great. He looks like nothing's holding him back. And, and so you're almost deceived, you know, because you say, OK, well, he looks fine. But, you know, this is a very serious procedure. It takes time. There was, you know, a three to five month timeline that they had, you know, put on it at the start. I, I don't expect him to veer away from that you know, at all, but all signs, you know, were positive according to Kelly McCrimmon uh, on Jack Eichel's recovery. They're, they're very pleased, you know, with the way that things are going. So I would say, you know, after the new, the new year, at some point in January, we might, you know, see him around city national. It'll be interesting if they put him on the ice, maybe in a non-contact, you know, Jersey and, and let him integrate that way. But, you know, I would say he's getting closer based on our conversation and, you know, certainly uh, within probably a few weeks, we you know we could see him, you know, even in a Knights uh, Knights practice uniform. Yeah, which I'm sure obviously fans would love. But kind of all that you said about his recovery too is going to be really interesting because I mean we touched on it when it happened, but I mean once again he had a surgery, an uh, artificial disc replacement surgery that had never been done on an NHL player before. So a lot of you know when you're talking about Kelly McCrimmon, like not sure kind of what exactly the timeline will be or how he'll kind of take to some of these aspects of his recovery. It's because 
there's no like data to go off of. There's no like, okay, this is what it took for this guy. So this is what we can expect for Eichel. I mean, he is in terms of, you know, NHL players kind of patient zero for this, which is going to be really interesting, especially because as you mentioned, that contact is going to be the most interesting part to see if he can, you know, kind of take it and withstand it and still be fine. But that's also, that's something that's very extremely hard to simulate kind of in a, in a practice or like rehab like setting, unless you just want, you know, him to go out at a practice and have William Carrier throw him into the boards over and over again, which I'm sure the, the Knights are not recommending, but uh, check out Dave's full interview with the uh, Knights general manager, Kelly McCurman at review journal.com it came up during the holiday break and there's a lot more nuggets that i'm sure you guys will be interested in but obviously yeah one of the main takeaways was how the knights have uh, overcome adversity and like we've already talked about even more has hit them since then with max patrick now having wrist surgery and uh we haven't even gotten to uh this fully yet we hinted at it earlier but yeah coach pete DeBoer and uh center brett howden are still in the NHL's uh, COVID-19 protocol uh, because of a recent kind of policy change. They might be able to come back pretty soon, but assistant coach Steve Spott was behind the bench for uh, the Knights win against the Los Angeles Kings on Tuesday. Uh, Once again, uh, this is the second time in two seasons we've seen someone not named Pete DeBoer kind of lead the Golden Knights from behind the bench, Dave. It feels like they're trying to come up with every possible way to have to attempt to win a game this season. And like I said, weirdly enough, as their record kind of states, they're first in the Pacific Division at this point. They are kind of succeeding playing this way. I mean, I don't know if it's ideal. Uh, I think it was Braden McNabb, you know, and guys have said this before, that, you know, adversity can be a good thing. Um, And I actually agree with that. You know, give me the team at the end of the season and going into the playoffs that had some speed bumps and had to figure, you know, some things out in different ways to win. And it hasn't always been a, a smooth path or, or, you know, smooth sailing. I think back to the, the lightning a few years ago and the year, you know, that they set all those records and points, you know, wins and all that. Like, you know, I think they would have been better off if they had hit some bumps during that season and, and really, you know, understood how to handle it so that when it happened in that Columbus series, you know, they would have had a better response for it. And, you know, I don't want to make this a obviously a lightning blog, but, you know, I I, I do think, you know, that the, the Knights have to kind of figure out different ways they've been able to do it. It'll be interesting. What I think, though, is as this starts to, if, if this is like round two, because it's, it feels like October, right? It's Stone, it's Patch already. Now we can throw Leonard in there, at least for, for this stretch. You know, key guys, you know, that are out two-thirds of the first line and, and all that. It Like, they figured it out the first time. And like I said, you know, when we were talking about Kevin McCrimmon, like three games over 500, you know, at the end of November, more than keeping their head above water. But... I don't want to say I question whether they can do it again, but I definitely think it becomes harder. And, and you know, this is something I wanted to bring up too. I want to go back to the Pacioretty thing with you a little bit because I think it's a very interesting hole in their lineup. And especially with Stone out right now, like I wonder who plugs it. And long-term, because this is quote-unquote indefinitely, 
which it, and let me actually say this too, like kudos to the Knights for putting it out there the way that they did. Like that's not something that they normally do. They even specifically said wrist. And even though it's indefinitely, you know, we know that that's a long-term injury. We know that that's something serious. So, so good on them for, for getting it out there. But if this is a long-term, like how do you plug that hole? Who fills that hole as a goal scorer in, in the top six? Because well, maybe other than Dodonov, I'm not sure that there's somebody, you know, that's a like for like replacement that can provide that kind of offense in the top six. Get all the Nevada Preps high school sports coverage you need, plus all Southern Nevada team announcements powered by the Review Journal at NevadaPreps.com. Nevada Preps is sponsored by College Prospects of America, connecting student athletes with academic and athletic opportunities. Find out how at CPOA-Nevada.com. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I mean, Dodonov was, you know, up on the first line today. Now he was at right wing, you know, essentially for Stone with Matias Yanmark at left wing. But I think we could, you know, we've seen before when Mark Stone got back quicker than Pacioretty that Mark Stone was at, you know, first line right wing and Dodonov was on left wing. But then obviously it makes your depth, you know, a lot less scary if now all of a sudden Nicholas Waugh is between William Carrier and Keegan Colasar, as opposed to, you know, he was once between uh, Dodonov and Yanmark, and it looked like those guys were really starting to to click as a potentially really good third line. So, no, I agree with you. It'll be interesting, especially because, like I said up the top, I mean, the impact that Pacioretty made in the 16 games he actually did play this season was incredible. I mean, obviously he had that crazy goal-scoring streak, the first line in general, really hummed when it actually got to play together. Uh, it was absolutely nuts what they were able to accomplish in such a limited time. And especially for Patch Reddy, what he was able to accomplish coming right back off the injury. It wasn't like it took him a couple days to get back from his broken foot, even though Pete DeBoer had kind of tried to like, you know, downplay it beforehand and be like, yeah, you know, we're getting guys back in the lineup, but sometimes it takes them a couple games to get in the rhythm. So just kind of be patient. It was like, no, Pacioretty was back and boom, the puck was going in the net. Um, And I think, you know, it does speak to his impact, as you're mentioning, Dave, that he missed those 17 games and he's still second on the team in goals uh, behind only Jonathan Marcheseau. So those are still some very, very big shoes to fill. I think as you've touched on, you know, with Dodonov potentially moving up and then maybe some young guys, you know, going in, they have the depth to withstand it, but it'll be interesting to see if it does end up being kind of decently long-term, how it ends up shaking out. It, it's a little tough for me to kind of talk around just because we don't know the specifics of, you know, is this a one-month deal, a two-month deal, or, you know, potentially, as I said, could get them out of the, the cap crunch, whether this is an entire rest of the regular season kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I, I don't want to like – read into it too much or or try to interpret it incorrectly, but it sort of feels like an out for them to do that. They're saying indefinitely, like normally they give a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month. You know, Cody Glass, we assume tears his ACL, it was a month-to-month, you know, long-term recovery. They're saying indefinitely here. And I feel like it gives them 
sort of the out or the option. If they say month to month, it it kind of puts more of a specific timeline on it and people wonder. Like this almost feels if you just say indefinitely that you can, you know, pull the Kucherov thing and just stash them maybe till the playoffs and and keep them ready. And that's how you solve the Jack Eichel problem. I you know, I don't know. It, it the wording of it is very different. I don't remember the Knights calling a guy out indefinitely. Maybe it's happened. Um, maybe they did with like flurry or something with the concussion the first year. I don't remember, but that specific word, I thought, you know, once I saw that, like, we don't need to get into like, you know, my medical stuff today, but you know, once I kind of came to and caught up on the news and I saw that, like one of the first things that came that was like, why indefinitely, huh? That, that's a, that's an interesting word. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's lots of ways that they can solve this. There's lots of ways it can play out. But I think, you know, more than anything, it's just going to be about, you know, maybe when is Max Patch ready, you know, going to be healthy and ready, you know, to come back and contribute. Maybe they don't know that right now. Maybe that's why they're saying indefinitely. So, you know, you hope it's not anything too serious. Uh, obviously, he tried to play through it the other night. So you don't know if he aggravated it, uh, injured something you know, different if, if what he was fighting through before was completely different than this wrist. So, you know, some, some little mystery to it, I guess that, that might, you know, go unsolved, but yeah, at least for the, for this point, I think it, it probably gives, you know, the salary cap guru, Andrew Lou Gurner, a, a bunch of different options here for the next couple months, you know, and then Alec Martinez too, quite frankly, like we haven't seen him back yet. Um, so that's another option. There's like all, all these funky different ways that the salary cap stuff can can work out. I think. Yeah, no, it's obviously it's a giant puzzle piece that we're not going to really know how they have to solve until we get kind of closer to that actual you know activation date for Jack Eichel. And obviously, we'll keep you guys posted when we know more about the specifics of Patch Reddy's injury. Make sure you're checking back to ReviewJournal.com for that. But for those that are kind of curious about you know the general math. Um, I mean, right now, the Knights would probably need to move out two kind of, you know, decently sized contracts in order to make room for Jack Eichel on the roster, in addition to potentially kind of trimming some of the guys that they picked up off waivers or signed as free agents or, you know, moving some of those young guys that we've talked about, like Jake Lecision and Jonas Romberg, making sure they're in Henderson and not on the active roster. That's what would, as of right now, needed to get Jack Eichel on the roster if Pacioretty is on long-term long term injured reserve the rest of the season, we're talking about just doing those kind of trimming things that would potentially allow them to be salary cap compliant, where it might just take, you know, putting a couple guys on waivers or shifting a couple guys to the minors in order to get them salary cap compliant. So it'll be really interesting. Like I said, there's some options available. Pete DeBoer did say before the holiday break that Alec Martinez was potentially going to skate um after the break we obviously haven't seen that but a lot of times when knights players are recovering from injuries they will begin by skating kind of away from the public eye so as an example you know nolan patrick who now potentially is coming back when long before he first rejoined the knights for practice he was skating on his own but you know that's not open for the public to see it didn't become kind of notable until he started returning to practice in a non-contact jersey. And I would assume we'll see kind of a similar potential progression from 
Alec Martinez. We just don't know when that is going to start. All right. The last thing I want to bring up and talk about before we get out of here is the, the upcoming schedule for the Knights because, oh boy, it is a doozy. Uh, New Year's Eve, as we're recording uh, the day before, obviously you've got the second place Anaheim Ducks coming to town if they win the noon game on New Year's Eve, which I'm sure plenty of you guys will know the outcome of by the time you're listening to this podcast. The Ducks will overtake the Knights for first place in the Pacific, so that's a big game. And then we start what I am going to uh, immediately pre-dub Revenge Week in Las Vegas because it is just an absolute parade of familiar faces that are coming back into town on Sunday. You've got an afternoon game with the Winnipeg Jets, which will be uh, Nate Schmidt and Paul Stasny returning to T-Mobile Arena for the first time since they left the Knights. Uh, on Thursday, it's the New York Rangers, which of course is Ryan Reeves and Gerard Gallant coming back to T-Mobile Arena for the first time since they left the team. And uh, Saturday is the Chicago Blackhawks. And of course, none other than one Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, Dave, are you mentally prepared for all the tribute videos we're going to see over the next week? <laughs> Probably not, because I'm always the guy who forgets that, like, when they come on, and I miss like the first five seconds of it because I'm just not paying attention and I'm watching like the ice scrape and you know, what's going on out there. So I have to be on my toes this week and I have to make sure that I'm ready for that first, uh, that first break in the videos to come, but it should be fun. I mean, I think for the fans, you know, they've been, they've been waiting for this week, this, you know, when the schedule came out and everybody kind of saw it, especially I think that Rangers Blackhawks back to back coming in here and kind of knowing, you know, all the emotion of, of those two games you know, especially I, th- I think the fans have been sort of waiting, you know, for their chance to say thank you, you know, and do all of those sorts of things, show their appreciation. They can do it on social media. You know, you can make signs again. You can do all this other stuff. But, you know, really, it's in the arena at the game when when the player is there that the fans have a chance to, you know, applaud them and and really say, like I said, thank you for, for what they did, not only for the organization, but, but for the city, you know, in a lot of cases with, with these players and this coach. So it, it, it should be, it should be fun. It should be emotional. Um, definitely looking forward to it. And, you know, I hope, uh, I hope the fans are too. Yeah. Well, let me try to pin you down. Which of the uh, various revenge games that we are going to get this weekend, obviously there's going to be just uh, so many of them. But is there one that you're like looking forward to the most or you really got uh, circled on the schedule of like, ooh, this is going to be juicy? <laughs> okay, so the contrarian in me is totally like the Rangers because I want to see Ryan Reeves just run around like his hair is on fire. You know he's going to do it. I want to hear if the crowd does the Reeves, you know, like all that. Like, And then Gerard Gallant on the bench and like, you know, you know, you know, you know he's not going to say anything, but you know – behind closed doors and whatever, like he's gritting his teeth and he's clenching his fist and he's probably telling him, you better bleep and win this game, guys. Um, they certainly gave, you know, an effort for him. If you think back to that game in New York and after the Knights dominated that first period, um, the way that the Rangers responded after that. So I, that one, yeah, but it's clearly the Blackhawks and Flurry, right? I mean, 
I guess. So I'm sorry, I've been out of it. Like Flurry was in COVID protocol, correct? So like maybe there's a little mystery of is he going to be healthy? How how sharp is he going to be ready? Is he even going to be you know technically cleared from protocol? I guess. I mean, what we're down to like the five days now if you're asymptomatic. So you know shouldn't be a problem, but. I mean, that's the one, look, like that, let's just be frank. That's the one that everybody's waiting for, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be so juicy. And obviously, there's going to be a lot of emotions coming into that game. Like you said, I mean, like that's the obviously the correct answer. I mean, there's no way around it, especially with how things kind of um, ended, you know, with him over the summer and kind of the back and forth from both sides. And obviously, uh, likely. Next week, you know, we'll be relitigating a lot of that as we kind of even get closer to the buildup for that game. But I actually kind of assume in terms of like on the ice and in the arena, the flurry one is going to be anticlimactic against just because you know that the fans are going to give him so much, you know, adoration and respect and love. I mean, he's going to get. I mean, I assume probably like close to like a standing ovation from everyone inside T-Mobile Arena during that uh, tribute video. There's going to be so many fans cheering for him, likely even during warmups and a ton of nights coming over to uh, say thank you, even the players. So that's like the one I, I think like kind of quote unquote demerit against the Flurry revenge game is that, you know, obviously Flurry and the front office have gone back and forth or at least Flurry more through his agent, Alan Walsh. But I think the fans and the Golden Knights players themselves are all uh, 100% across the board Marc-Andre Fleury fans. Where I do think uh, Reeves, at least uh, like any good wrestling heel, is going to do his part to try to turn the crowd against him. Which will be kind of good. Because he's even told our uh, Adam Hill, like, I want to get booed at T-Mobile Arena. So I think even there's a lot of fans that obviously love Ryan Reeves and the impact he's made here, both as a player and as a member of the Las Vegas community. But he's going to try really hard to be a heel on Thursday. So I am looking forward to that and to see how much kind of mixed emotions he can inspire in the crowd because uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, for all everything that you can say about him, one thing that you definitely will not be able to say about him is that there's anyone that's going to be uh, angry with him or as booing him uh, on that Saturday night game. Everyone's going to be showering him with, uh, you know, love and respect, which obviously is well earned over a very long career. Uh, but Reeves, Reeves, I think is going to try to try to stir things up a little bit. Yeah. I love that you call him a wrestling heel. Like that is the absolute perfect description for for probably what's gonna happen right down to probably the wrestling part of it um but I, you know what though i want to say this too low-key nate schmidt coming back i think is going to be really cool um i think there was i think a, a lot of fans you know want to want a chance to to shower him you know with with some appreciation as well i you know it's it's the jets and it's you know maybe a little bit of a a team that's not quite, you know, the rivalry and they don't play him very often. Obviously the the first year that was a big series and, and everything. And there, there is the history from that, but yeah, I think Nate Schmidt kind of low key is going to be cool as well with all this. It's just, it's totally overshadowed. Yeah. I mean, what I really want to see on Saturday is how similar the reaction to flurry is to like when Leonard went back to long Island, you know, our, 
is he going to make a save and, and Knights fans start chanting flurry, flurry, you know, like, is it going to happen? Because, you know, there's going to be a lot of Blackhawks fans there. There always is. So I, I can't wait to find out. It's going to be a fun week. Yeah, it's absolutely going to be uh, wild. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure all of you guys uh, listening to it are as well. But we'll have so much more for you on that week uh, when we record again. Uh, middle of next week after we get a couple of these revenge games under our belt. Uh, but for now, that's going to do it for this edition of the Golden Edge Podcast. Uh, as a reminder, we are brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Please check out all our written work at ReviewJournal.com and we are uh, presented by Blue Wire. Uh, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, whatever you podcast, please do to this one. I hope everyone had a safe and happy holidays and is planning for a safe and happy new year. We really appreciate all of you guys who have listened this past year and stuck with us. Uh, But for now, I'm Ben Goetz. He's Dave Shane. We are the Golden Edge Podcast, and we will talk to you guys again real soon. All the Nevada Preps high school sports coverage you need, plus all Southern Nevada team announcements powered by the Review Journal at NevadaPreps.com. Nevada Preps is sponsored by College Prospects of America, connecting student athletes with academic and athletic opportunities. Find out how at CPOA-Nevada.com.